0: Wow. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, last time we spoke, you said the weather had spoken and it voted for change. And change is what we got in a big way.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> you are not kidding, Jim. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is a head scratcher. We went from let's just remember the cold we had in October was historic. Now, when I say, when we say historic, we mean it stands out historically. It looks like a sore thumb in the record. And uh, that was cold. And that was, <laughs> that ended just before Halloween. And then we did get a couple days into November and boom. Wow. I mean, there are really too many records that were set to enumerate and they get kind of exhausting after a while. But the big one is, we just completed the warmest six-day stretch during any November in recorded history. Uh, it was, you know, we did not set an all-time high-temperature record for the state for any November day. That that one is still secure, but we set just about every other type of record that there is. We had record number of days at or above 70 degrees at International Falls and in Duluth with three St. Cloud with four, the Twin Cities with five, and I believe Rochester clocked in with six. So and and of those, International Falls, Duluth and St. Cloud all set all time November, you know, uh, record high temperatures for them. We had out and you get you, you go out in Western Minnesota occasionally. Right? Yes, I do, Kenny. Yeah, you've got some some roots out there. Yeah, more, more roots and, in
0: southwestern, but yes, in that general part of the state. So I'm quite familiar with it.
1: Well, f- along and west of the Minnesota River, uh, from Milan over towards Madison, into the Redwood Falls area, up on the Buffalo Ridge, it was 80, 80, 80. I had 80 degrees in some of those places three times. I hope you enjoyed it, Jim.
0: Kenny, I was reveling in it. I was out running, out doing yard work. And then, Kenny, drumroll the pièce de résistance. This morning, I went outside, took a look at our uh, flower bed, and the tulips are re-emerging. I kid Whoa. you not. I've never seen this phenomenon in my years of gardening.
1: Yeah, we got real warm. I mean, the, the soils warmed up pretty nicely, I'm sure. The average temperature in the Twin Cities area... Over those six days was cl- close to sixty degrees, and you know in the city it might have even been a little bit higher. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> so the dormancy is over for some some plants, and we're getting reemergence. <laughs> That's a little frightening. You know but, it is. Um, yeah, you know it. It was just a uh, as it was building. You know, I think some of the forecasts were indicating that maybe we wouldn't be quite as warm as we ended up being. So whenever you can exceed expectations or put another way, I mean, if you are out in short sleeves and it's November, or if you are out in short sleeves along Lake Superior and it's November, wow. Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, Two Harbors area had several days, I think three days above 70 degrees. So uh this was a widespread kind of gift, uh, or maybe uh I don't know what it was. Kind of it was more than consolation. I mean, if if we were sort of being made up for the uh the cold that we endured in October, this was uh, a little bit over the top. In uh on Saturday morning, the Twin Cities <laughs> had a low temperature. This was a daily low temperature on Saturday, the what would that be, the seventh of 60 degrees.
0: Sixty wow. degrees—the lowest November. we got
1: and on a November day was sixty degrees. Uh, that is unheard of. So yeah, and that became the warmest overnight minimum temperature on record for the Twin Cities, and I think it broke that record by three degrees. Well, so it's it interesting, a,
0: Kennedy. Uh, it's interesting, Kenny. You know the. Um, Feeling was, I had this were you morning. thinking
1: I was a little presidential there?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, isn't that strange? Yes. What, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That,
1: <laughs> I think you just, yeah, hearkening back. I'm not going to gonna some... analyze it. Well, we
0: are going to hearken back in a little bit here. We're going to hearken back climatologically. But, um, you know, what's interesting in this, Kenny, is that we're recording this on Monday, November 9th. And I went outside this morning, right as I saw the reemergence of tulips, and realized this... Day this morning feels more like a spring day than it really does a fall day. I mean, there's humidity in the air, it's still warm, it, it 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 kind of deceives you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also record moisture surging into the region right now. The National Weather Service mentioned this in some of their discussions that the precipitable water, that sort of total quantity of water in the atmosphere over a point, if you were to just wring it out. It's at or above record levels for this time of year right now. That's because the moisture is pooling ahead of a cold front. The reason we're recording this now is because the you know the, the good times, they're going to end. Although I got to say, Jim, we're not seeing a real brutal cold outbreak or anything like that. And if you look at the 8 to 14 day outlook from the Climate Prediction Center, it looks like we're going to go back into above normal warmth again. So we just have to endure about a week that's a little more November-like, where we get some snow maybe, uh, temperatures fall. But yeah, it feels like spring and it's muggy and we're probably going to see some thunderstorms across the state. So this is uh, quite a day. Soak it up.
0: Yes. Well, I will document the progress of the tulips on the Way Over Our Heads website. We've got the emergence back. It's going to cool down. We're going to get some snow, but my tulips have survived snow. They've survived cold temperatures, and I wonder if it warms up again. If we're going to see these plants growing, uh, you know, emerging even farther out of the surface.
1: I mean, the odds are against it, right? I mean, everything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is 2020,
0: Kenny. Why should? Yeah, it's true. Why doubt anything? <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> everything is working. Should be working in the opposite direction. I mean, the sun is getting weaker and. But yeah, this was quite, this was quite a flip. And again, you know, it does look like we get cool for a week, and then we. Some of the signs on the models are that by the you know fifteenth, eighteenth of November, we're back at pretty significant warm anomalies. I can't imagine we'll see another seventy degree reading. But um, but as you just said, it is twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> Well, Kenny, you mentioned the last time that we spoke that this period of November, I think you kind of uh, delineated November 6th through the 12th, has some really interesting climatological history to it. And uh, we're recording this on the 9th of November. Tomorrow the 10th marks the 45th anniversary of the sinking of the freighter Edmund Fitzgerald uh, in Lake Superior back in 1975. And then we have another major historical weather event, uh, an anniversary we'll note, On Wednesday of this week. But Kenny, why is this period, November 6th through November 12th, so significant in climatological history?
1: Well, I think it has mostly to do with uh, just the time of the season. I mean, it's certainly, there are these big events. You could go back to 1911, and probably the most dramatic cold front ever to come through the Midwest since we've been keeping records surged through the region. Now it didn't affect Minnesota as much as Iowa and Wisconsin, but you had <laughs> you had 70s and 80s in Iowa, Missouri, and Wisconsin, and then you had uh, tornadoes, I think killer tornadoes in the Janesville and Beloit area, and um, and then you also had uh, these 60 to 80 mile an hour winds, and then it was followed by blizzard conditions. So it was a really dramatic weather situation there. And, you know, it's again, it's not like it's every year, but then you go ahead in 1940, you have the Armistice Day Blizzard. 1975, you have the the storm that sunk the Edmund Fitzgerald. And although that storm of of all the ones that we could talk about, that was actually sort of the weakest in quotes, but had the highest impact, obviously. We also had a massive weather system come through the region. Same time of year, November 10th, 11th, 12th, of 1998. And at the time that broke low pressure records across the state and also killed a lot of people in Wisconsin from just the winds. I mean, it was kind of brutal. It was one of those days where the winds just blew constantly and they were blowing very hard and there were 80 mile an hour, 90 mile an hour wind gusts and people were being injured by debris and they were being thrown into buildings. So it's just a very active time because, you know, we're in transition from fall to winter. The jet stream is very strong. You've got residual warm air from summer and you've got kind of invading cold air from winter. And when those ingredients align and you have a strong jet stream too, you can get a very powerful weather system. It's sort of a little bit of uh, coincidence, probably, that these dates happen to all be, you know, right on top of each other. But yeah, a lot of our most significant weather events have been in that kind of November 9th through November 12th period.
0: Now in 1940, the Armistice Day blizzard uh, kind of started out, I won't say with conditions completely mirroring what we're seeing today, but uh, it was preceded by unseasonably warm weather. Hunters were out, uh, hunting season, obviously. They were dressed for the warm weather, not dressed for what was to come. And there was like a tremendous swing in the temperatures correct nothing like we're going to see with this system coming in uh over the next few hours but that was what really caused a lot of the havoc with the blizzard is people were out in the open and simply not dressed for the weather they were about to encounter
1: yeah no you're right and there was no you know our our weather information upstream wasn't particularly good and there wasn't a great communication system right now you you know it would be very hard to miss that kind of thing coming but In 1940 you know you're right it was we've noticed that in some of the stories about the day people you know they recall oh it was so warm temperatures were in the 80s and well they weren't but it was warm enough that if you were going outside you could just wear a nice button down long you know maybe a flannel shirt and a lot of hunters did go out and you're right it switched from that very mild fall condition to legitimate winter pretty quickly. The, the winds were very strong. You, you might know Jim that a lot of the hunters who died along the Mississippi river and some of the backwaters areas, they died of hypothermia, but the reason they were stranded was because the winds were so strong. They couldn't get off of their islands. They couldn't even get across the river. And so they uh, they perished from hypothermia and, and, you know, uh, basically cold weather hazards. But it was a, uh, yeah, that was a brutal storm. And <laughs> Again, it's one of these kind of abstract things that you talk about that people wouldn't necessarily think about in a, you know, 2020 sense because, well, it, you know, it happened so long ago. But it's always interesting that this can happen there were cars buried in snow along, what was it? Excelsior Boulevard where the famous pictures. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Excelsior Boulevard. <laughs> cars were buried in snow. And uh, I mean, there were trains that halted. There were these snow drifts that were, you know, 15, 20 feet high. The winds were 40 to 70 miles an hour across much of the state. It was pretty common to get anywhere between 10 inches and 20 inches of snow it started out as a very heavy, wet snow, and then as the temperatures fell, it became uh, kind of that drier, uh, easier-to-blow-around type of snow. So it was it was indeed a historic weather event.
0: Well, Kenny, let's talk about uh, what is to come here. We've got uh, cooling temperatures coming. We've got some snow on the way. What does this week look like?
1: Yeah, it's going to be, you know, again, after the bliss of the last week or so, this is definitely going to be kind of an ugly reminder of where we really are on the calendar, but there isn't anything that dramatic about it. We're going to see some heavy rain and thunderstorms on Monday across much of Minnesota, and then uh, some snow mixing in in western and northwestern Minnesota, and then kind of a a very mini winter storm is going to, shoot out from the southwest to the northeast, kind of right at, right in that common uh, winter storm track area between Des Moines and La Crosse. And it's going to uh, you know, produce some snow. It's not; I'm not positive exactly where the snow is going to be, but somewhere around not too far from the Twin Cities. But we're looking at a few inches and there's a lot of warm ground to overcome. So kind of a wet snow, expect a wet snow. And this would be mostly on Tuesday. And then we'll just be you know, a little bit cooler than normal for the rest of the week. But again, uh, by the time we get into the earlier middle part of next week, we should be back uh, approaching those, if not already in the above normal temperature department. So uh, kind of a a one week break from the really warm weather where, you know, get sort of November-like here, Jim.
0: Well, Kenny, this will indeed be a month to remember, and uh, it is only, what, about a third of the way through. So who knows <laughs> yes. what lies ahead?
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed. I look forward to figuring out the rest, finding out what happened with the rest of it and trying to summarize that. It, uh, you know, we got such a head start in the temperature department. I, I, I wonder, and I'm only wondering out loud, if, if this month will be able to go down as one of the warmest Novembers on record. It does have a lot of very stiff competition. From even from some recent years, and it's premature to call that. But we had such a such a tremendous head start here with this warm weather, uh, and who knows? Maybe by the end of the month, things will have flipped. But uh, I, I kind of have my doubts about that.
0: Well, Kenny, we relish the last week. We will get through this week and uh, look forward, perhaps, to the return of 50s before too long. But 70s, you're pretty confident
1: we're done with those for. The duration of 2020, correct? I mean, it would be absurd, but I suppose possible. But it would be absurd <laughs> if they came back. But uh, all right, I'm not writing anything off. Huh. In on December 1st, 1998, we almost did it. We hit 68 degrees in the Twin Cities, so it's it's possible, not likely, but it is possible.
0: Well, stay tuned. This is way over our heads. A weather and Climate Podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny. Good, as always, to talk to you, and uh, we'll check in in about a week.
1: Very good. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Enjoy the uh, more typical November weather. Will do.